Hi, I'm Bill Arnold. Thank you for listening to this podcast. There are many more podcasts available at MyFaithRadio.com. Your support makes this possible. Thank you. Hi, this is Bill. I thought this interview was so good, I wanted you to hear it again. So enjoy. And a warm welcome to the afternoon show. I'm Bill Arnold. And if routine smells stale to you, the problem might be in your own sniffer. We're going to talk about reclaiming routine today with Scott Hubbard. He wrote an article on that very topic, Just Not Feeling It, How Routine Awakens Devotion. Scott Hubbard, of course, is a uh, writer at DesiringGod.org and a regular guest. And I always love having him on the show, and today is no exception. So, Scott, Merry Christmas, and let's talk about just not feeling it. Yeah, Merry Christmas to you, Bill. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Yeah, so just not feeling it. Uh, that's been something that has kept you from getting things done, hasn't it? Well, yeah, I'm sure as, uh, to some extent, even the most disciplined and regimented among us can probably resonate. There's times that come where you know you should do a thing. You've <laughs> told yourself, you've maybe even tried to set the habit. Maybe this is a, a mid-January New Year's uh, <laughs> resolution kind yeah. of topic, too, where you've, you've maybe even had the good, it's been good. It's been good a lot of times, but today, for whatever reason, not feeling like it. You know it's good, but you just don't want to. Yeah. So if you're a concert pianist or something, you, you're not allowed to have that. I'm not feeling it today. Right. That's, you know, it you're only... In med- if you're in medical school, you go, eh, not feeling studying today. <laughs> right? right? Right. It can be so such an easy justification. And for me, I don't know that any other phrase or feeling really has um, derailed good habits, good mm. spiritual habits in my life. And yet... When you actually think about other spheres of life, you're like, oh, that actually wouldn't fly at all. If a farmer just, you know, wakes up one day and says, I'm just not feeling, I'm not going to plant, I'm not going to, I'm not going to plant this season. (laughs) Then what about dairy farmers? (laughs) Well, yeah, there you go. Yeah. I mean, they can't not feel it. You're right. Yeah, exactly. They've got cows that are going to explode if they don't. Yep. Bad things. Uh, so yeah, there's that whole realm. There's musicians, the concert pianist. If if she, if she says, ah, I'm just not feeling it, it's yeah. going to be a rough performance. And yeah. in our all our relationships, if we take that approach to friendship to marriage, then things are going to deteriorate. But for whatever reason, you wake up in the morning and there you see your Bible. You know you, uh, it's a good habit to read it. It's a good habit to pray. And you think, ah, I'm not feeling like it. And it holds weight and you don't do it. I, that's been my experience. Yeah. Let's talk about that negative voice that you that you just talked about. You wake up and you go, I'm not feeling it. Well, yeah. all right, let's figure out a way to, to uh, override that. Yes, remember, that's my aim. Remember discs that you could override? You know? <laughs> yes, I do. I don't even remember those anymore, but you have content on a disc and somehow you can override it. Yep, that's right. I don't even know. I don't remember how to do it, but I do remember I it don't being either. done. This, that's a distant past. But... That's technology from a long time ago. Yeah. Let's talk about more current things like how do we address the idea in the morning that we're not feeling it? Yeah. I think one of the first things that I need to do is to simply re- remember that routine is a good thing. It doesn't mean it can't be uh, killed. It can't be, you know, it can never function as a bad thing. We all know that there are routines that have become just the dead form of what was once a good thing. You know, the Pharisees, in all likelihood, were pretty routine about a lot of things, and yet there was something dead in there. Mm -hmm. But 
if you just take away the excesses and the abuses, then you see, oh, actually routine is something that God made. And it's something that you see in the saints all throughout scripture. Mm-hmm. And so many of the godliest saints have this, this life of routine. You have Daniel who it was his pattern. He was going to pray three times a day and, you know, facing his window, if whatever, if you say, I can't do it, I'm still going to, it's his routine. He's going to do it. Right. There's um, Jesus, of course, who, as was his custom, he rose very early in the morning and went and spent time with his father. Mm-hmm. So there are these routines throughout scripture and the area I focus on in my article is Psalm 119, which is just this beautiful pairing of spontaneity and routine. And and what we see there is that routine is not the enemy of spontaneity, but in fact, one of the things that keeps spontaneity alive. Mm-hmm. What about if I come up with really good excuses like, Scott, I have so much to do today. I know I will get more out of scripture reading when I feel like it. <laughs> yeah. well, what about that? Uh, yeah. How about that lame It's excuse? compelling in the moment. It, I know it yeah. is. And it's not a good reason <laughs> uh, because there's just these, again, you know, another example is uh, Peter and John. So this is, this is a little bit wild. So Pentecost comes and I think a lot of people fear, oh, routine is just counter to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit brings freedom, spontaneity, joy, and routine just, you know, deadens what the Holy Spirit does. Well, Acts 2, Pentecost comes, the Holy Spirit is poured out on the church what you see in Acts 3 is that Peter and John go up to the temple to pray at the hour of prayer. <laughs> wow. They have this routine. Wow. Yeah. They have this hour of prayer that they're used to attending. <clears throat> the Spirit comes, and what does that Spirit do? He works through the funnels of a good routine. Mm-hmm. It's not the only way He works, uh, but it is one consistent way that He works. Mm-hmm. And so when we're not feeling like it, when we you know try to tell ourselves, oh, this is just isn't going to do anything, um, C.S. Lewis has this really good image. He says, basically what we're doing when we go on ahead and do our religious habits without feeling like it is we are digging channels in a waterless land, preparing them for when the water does come. Wow. So we're, you know, we're, we're preparing the way. We're carving these places for when, when it rains, the field's ready. Mm-hmm. Scott Hubbard is my guest, and part of his routine is coming into the studio and talking to us um, regularly, and I love that about him. <laughs> You can learn more about him at DesiringGod.org. You can click on his name, Scott Hubbard, and you'll see all the articles he's written over there. But today we're talking about routine, and sometimes you say, I'm just not feeling it. And we were talking uh, before we started the show, Scott, I think you were quoting uh, G.K. Chesterton, and I was saying, does does God just have like the sun rising in the morning just on auto? Does he hit a computer key and all of a sudden, boom, there's the sun, or does he take it and place it every morning because he loves routine. He's a God of order. Yes. Yes, that's right. Yeah. And what Chesterton says, you know, because a skeptic might look at the routine order of the world and just think, oh, this is just a machine. It's soulless, joyless. And yet Chesterton says, you know, we catch this glimpse of true, of true wonder in life, often in young children who are able to enjoy the very same, often very simple pleasure again and again and again. They say, do it again, do it again, do it again. <laughs> yeah. He said, maybe that is a window into the, into the heart of God who has not grown old in the way that we have, right. in the sinful way that we have. And maybe every morning he just loves to say, do it again to yeah. the son. Yeah. Any reason why routine uh, has 
what you say in your article, the stiffness of stale bread and the rot of dead plants. <laughs> and I thought, well, yeah, uh, say more about that. Yeah, I think uh, I haven't, you know, dug deep into, yeah, why do we have such a negative view of routine? Maybe it's because a lot of us in our past, we just, we do have experience with bad routines where we were maybe in school or maybe at home forced to do something again and again and again when we didn't want to do it and it wasn't placed before us. Why? Why are we doing this? What's the reason for this? What's the end goal? Where's the joy and the purpose, the good grand vision for where this is headed? Mm -hmm. I think that's one thing we have to do in our routines is know what place does this have in the plan of God and where is it bringing us? So maybe that we just have a lot of experience with meaningless, mindless, boring routine that didn't seem like it was going anywhere. Yeah, you know, I've even uh, spoken to people that had a, a maybe an extended time away from home. Maybe they were on a, a missions trip or they did something that they were away from their home for three weeks or something or four weeks. And I said, well, how was it getting back? And they go, they say, I just couldn't wait to get back into my routine. Yeah. So there's something that is um, comforting about a routine. That's I know right. for me, uh, my day starts so happily in the morning with very early with a cup of coffee and, and the word. And I look forward to that. That's just yeah. time that I, I covet with, with the Lord. Yes. And if that routine gets taken out of place, um, I, I'm not a happy guy. Yeah, that's right. So there's there's people like you, <laughs> like the <laughs> folks who come back from vacation like that. And then they're, you know, so... There, this idea is for those of us who maybe buck a little bit against routine or who just get into seasons where ugh, all your emotions, all your feelings, the grain of how you feel in the morning is going against what the Lord has said is good. Yeah. Scott, do you make a differentiation between the word routine and the word discipline? No. Is it kind of the same? That's I'm thinking of it in a very similar I am, way. I am yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, discipline, again a word that has some negative connotations. Another reason perhaps why routine, discipline, why we may uh, back away from it is because there is this thread of legalism in the Christian life. I think probably many of us know what it feels like to check the boxes off of a Bible reading plan and uh, have this subtle sense of, ah, look at me, I'm checking these boxes off. <laughs> right. And, and uh, that's not the way that the Lord has uh, would have us approach him. And so without some caution, without some awareness, our routines, our disciplines can foster this sense of uh, self-righteousness, of pride, which is, uh, you know, antithetical to joy. We're never going to be happy people Mm -hmm. if that's our posture. Yeah. Scott, I hijacked a line from your uh, article at DesiringGod.org to start the show. And that was this, that if routine smells stale to you, the problem might be your own sniffer. So let's just talk about that like any flower can be trampled underfoot or any sky cloaked with with smog routine itself remains good. It's the friend of freedom and joy. And I think that's such a solid statement. Yes. So Psalm 119 is such a picture of this because on the one hand, you have these powerful, strong statements of what seems like spontaneity, spontaneous spirituality, where the psalmist is saying, it's, it's probably the part of scripture that has the most exclamation marks in a such a compact space. Of course, that wasn't in the original Hebrew, but mm-hmm. the, the, that's the kind of tone that the psalm has where he just, it feels fitting to put an exclamation mark on it. He says, blessed are you, O Lord. He says, my soul is consumed with longing for your rules at all times. He's awake before dawn often. He, he's awake in the middle of the night just because he loves to meditate on God's word. Yeah. Um, 
so that, that's this picture of like, wow, who wouldn't want that? Who wouldn't want that kind of love for God? Who wouldn't want that spontaneous affection for him? And yet, <laughs> right alongside, throughout the whole psalm, all that spontaneity, one thing that rivals it is the psalmist's routine. <laughs> yeah. He, he just has this discipline I about that. Him, or the, the kind of things he says are, you know, the scripture comes out of him because he says, I have stored up your word in my heart. You know, that storing up doesn't happen by accident. It mm-hmm. happens by memorization, by meditation, routine. He says seven times a day, I praise you for your righteous rules. Yeah. <laughs> that's a routine. That is, that's a routine. That's a, an intense routine. Yeah. Yeah. So they're uh, alongside, right alongside the joy, the spontaneity of the psalmist in Psalm 119 is this just dogged discipline of I am going to set your rules before me at all times, no matter the day. Mm-hmm. There was a... a, a very famous fitness guru who lived a long life. And he said, I hate working out, but I loved having worked out. Yes. It's like, yeah, there's, right. th- there's pain sometimes. Yeah. And there's, there's a challenge, but you talk about uh, Daniel, Daniel six ten, where he got down on his knees and prayed three times a day. I don't ever want to disagree with scripture, but if I'm in the lion's den, I'm not getting off my knees. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> that would be, Pretty scary. It would be. I would have those suction cups. I'd be on the ceiling of the of the cave of the den. Yeah, that'd be helpful. That would be helpful. Suction yeah. Cups. Yeah. yeah. Let me take a break. Scott Hubbard is my guest. We're talking about routines today. Just not feeling it. That's the name of his title. Over at DesiringGod.org. I encourage you to go check it out because it's got a lot of uh, great stuff. We're going to keep talking about it when we come back. Are you a person of routine? Do you have a routine? And are you unhappy without your routine? I'm real curious. Send us a message. Let us know. 877-933-2484. Do you need your routine? We'll be right back. How about make a wonderful commitment to yourself this year by reading through the Bible, maybe not even once, but maybe twice. Say things to yourself like, I am going to create a new habit that maybe I have not had in years. And I'm going to commit to it, and I'm going to stick with it. You've always said you wanted to, so how about make it this year where you do it, spending more time in God's Word, and you can do it, and we can help. So all you have to do is get your Bible in a year plan right now, and you can do that right over at myfaithradio.com. Hi, this is Bill. I thought this interview was so good, I wanted you to hear it again. Routine. So enjoy. we're talking about today. I'm glad you've got the routine of tuning into Faith Radio. I hope that's a routine that you continue, because we love when you tune in. And Scott Hubbard is my guest. He's talking about routine, and he's basing a lot of the content today on Psalm 119. And uh, according to Scott and the rest of God's Word, Psalm 119 gives us a robust category for spontaneous spirituality, for prayer and praise, that fill the nets of ordinary moments and threaten to sink us for joy. What does that mean? Oh, just that Psalm 119, it it does. It endorses this idea that we should expect, we should pray for, we should hope for a spontaneous spirituality. What I think is the ideal as we imagine what would be the best kind of life with God. Well, it'd be one where just spontaneously through ordinary moments of ordinary days, you as Peter says, rejoice with joy inexpressible and filled with glory. You have moments of just this unsurpassed peace and calm in Christ. You are driven with a kind of zeal 
that just bubbles up to pray, to share the gospel, mm-hmm. to serve others, that kind of thing. Yeah. I think that's, that's what we want. And yet we have little hope of having that kind of spontaneous spirituality without the unspectacular rhythm of routine, mm-hmm. which Scott, is what I think Psalm 119 is showing. Yeah. Scott Hubbard, are there lanes in which we can uh, look for patterns? I mean, morning devotions would certainly be one, wouldn't there? Yeah, that's w- right. What else would be a, a, a lane that we could focus on? I think there's lots of ways to think about this. The simple way that I find helpful is to think in two categories, two buckets. One is morning devotions, and the second is midday retreats. That's one thing to call it, midday retreats. Mm-hmm. And they're related. A um, couple images. If if morning devotion, morning devotions, it's like stringing your guitar. Okay. Midday retreats is like retuning your okay. guitar. Morning devotions is like inflating your heart toward yep. heaven. Midday retreats is like giving it another bump that keeps it skyward, you know, like a balloon. Mm-hmm. Uh, morning devotions plants a flag and says, this day is for Christ on, on the hill of the morning. And midday retreats is going down the hill and beating off the enemies that are coming up to take it. Uh, so they're they're both they complement each other. Mid morning devotions is setting the tone for the day. Midday retreats is keeping it going. Mm, I like that. So when we think about discipleship, uh, when we think of morning devotions, we should be concentrating on discipleship one hundred and one. We want to repent, believe, and read our Bible every morning. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, morning devotions. You know, I, I expect some people's <laughs> eyes to glaze over, like, "Oh my word!" Of course, morning devotions. It's just you hear it so often and early. Yeah, it's just woven into the fabric of what Christians are supposed to do. Uh, you know, quote unquote, supposed to do, and you can kind of. Uh, I, I know some people who become jaded with the idea, like, it's not even in the Bible that clearly. You know, have this daily quiet time kind of yeah. thing, but. Um, but, and so the more you go on, the more it can be at least tempting for some of us to kind of, oh, whatever, you know, that was, that was discipleship one on 101, we're moving right. into higher things. But there is a reason this theme just comes up again and again in scripture. The psalmists, so many of them pray in the morning. They teach us to pray in the morning, satisfy me with your steadfast love. Our Lord Jesus got up early in the morning to meet with his father. So it's just, it's this repeated theme that we should pay attention to. Yeah. Jesus rising very early in the morning while it was still dark. That's right. So he's an early yeah. riser. Yeah. Yeah, he was. In part, I'm sure, because his days were so filled with demands right. and people that it was the only time he could, maybe one of the only times he could yeah. have peace. Isn't it fascinating to think of Jesus rising very early and it's still dark out? Yeah. And does he does he stay in the dark? Does he light a candle? Yeah. Does he go for a walk? Um, I, You know, I'm fascinated by yeah. how he postured himself to have that time was he on his knees yeah you know i that's a good those are good questions we'll find out eventually won't we yeah that's right and because uh you know the way i think about it is it's not like what you do in the morning sets this just immovable trajectory for the day you know how you spend your morning utterly shapes your day but it, it does set a tone and part of the reason is because we wake up in the morning to enemies uh we wake up to a a restless flesh, our flesh that just is inclined to sin. We wake up to the world that is all around us, the world in the biblical sense of the world opposed to God. Mm -hmm. Uh, We wake up to an enemy of our souls who is prowling around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. And so what we do in the morning, it does have an effect on the rest of our day. Yeah. And Scott, you say we're too weak and too forgetful to live by morning devotions alone. Yeah. And I I would completely agree. I mean, I can leave a Bible study at eight o'clock in the morning at a restaurant and have some person pull in front of me 
and not be driving <laughs> politely. Yes. And all of a sudden, I can't believe how quickly my mood changes. Yeah. Well, right. I was just in a Bible study. I know it. And I can't sustain it for four minutes. I know it. Yeah. So what are some things that we can maybe do creatively? Yeah. So hence the need for midday retreats. Uh, we get, you know, particular kind of calling for this in the classic passage of Deuteronomy 6, where right after Moses says, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God, heart, soul, mind, strength. He says, these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. And then he just goes through all these arenas of life. You'll, you know, talk about them when you're in your home and you're walking by the way. You shall write them as a sign in your hand, make them as, put them on the doorpost of your home. So I think a passage like this gives us um, permission to be creative about how we get God's word in front of us. And a few just options. It sanctions us to get creative with space, physical space. Where do you put God's word? You know, uh, it, it might inspire us to put it on our car dashboard, on mm-hmm. our bathroom mirror, as so many people do, on our phone screensaver. So when we pull our phone out again, there's a, a promise that we read this morning, something like that. Yeah, There are all these creative ways to sanctify space. There are ways to sanctify um, time. So a midday retreat might look like after lunch, before lunch, something like that, just going away five minutes yeah. and calming your heart and remembering what you read in the morning and sending up your cares and burdens and confessing your sins over the last few hours and settling your heart again in Christ. Mm-hmm. And I know for me, Scott, with uh, the particular um, smartphone I have, which is um, produced by a company that is associated with a particular fruit, um, <laughs> I'm speaking between the lines right now. Yeah, I don't think anyone knows. Nobody knows. At right. this point, nobody knows. So, yeah. yeah. Um, you can add as many uh, screen savers as you want. Yeah, there you go. So you can add 15 and you just scroll to one promise that you want to focus on maybe that day or that yes. morning and you can you can change it uh, with one swipe. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. I've known other people who like write down something and just in a note card and put it in their pocket and when they feel themselves wanting to reach for their phone, they reach for that instead. Yeah. So, so we can't let not feeling like it derail us. Yeah, that's right. Because, uh, you know, without some kind of routine of morning and midday, you know, and there's all kinds of ways to do this. There's not just one set pattern. What is most likely going to come out of us is not spontaneous praise to God, but probably more like spontaneous pride and not spontaneous worship and gratitude and joy, but probably more like spontaneous grumbling. That's my experience. Yeah. The, what, what is spontaneous apart from intentionally getting God's word in me is often not pretty. Just like, you know, on the road. Here <laughs> yeah. Um, so one more just creative way is yeah. sanctify conversation. That's say there what, in the Deuteronomy. In the Deuteronomy passage, you shall talk about them. So God's word, uh, the scriptures talk about it. It should be a topic of conversation, not just occasionally and in some places, but in all places and often. Mm-hmm. When you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. Yeah. So conversations with others, what might that look like to weave the word of God into them? To mm-hmm. make talking about scripture, what you read that morning, what you're finding sweet lately, just a normal part of life. Mm-hmm. It, it probably feels hard for some of our relationships. And I'm thinking even with, you know, fellow Christians, but it can become a part of the culture of just the way we talk with each other. Yeah, Scott, let's uh, celebrate this verse from Psalm uh, 19, verses 7 and 8, when it 
when you're maybe the next time you're not feeling it. Yes. And if I can read it, please. And then would you comment on it? Gladly. All right. Psalm 19, verses 7 and 8. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. That's pretty awesome. It is. And I love it because I just think, what does this assume? If the law of the Lord revives the soul, then it assumes that our souls are going to need reviving from time to time. That they're going to feel asleep. They're going to feel sluggish. And if the precepts of the Lord rejoice the heart, and that assumes that our hearts are going to be downcast, that they're going to be joyless at times. And if in those moments of feeling sleepy spiritually, of feeling joyless spiritually, of not feeling like doing some kind of routine, if we do that, we are keeping ourselves back from the very means that God often uses to revive our hearts and to rejoice our Mm -hmm. hearts. And so it really is as as silly as a man who doesn't take medicine because he, he doesn't feel well enough to take it. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> the word of God is the medicine right. and our not feeling like it is the sickness. Right. And it's what we need. Yeah. And isn't action always the most important word of the day? Mm-hmm. You know, if you say, well, I don't feel like um, yeah. apologizing. Well, of course, you're never going to feel like it. You do it. <laughs> and then you go, that was the right thing to do. Yes, that's right. There's often this this barrier, sometimes it feels intense, but breaking through it, you think, ah, oh, that was good. I'm yeah. so glad I did that. Do you know the three frogs on a log analogy? I don't. There's three frogs on a log. One decides to jump. How many are left? Mm. Kind of a trick question because you're, <laughs> you're trying to figure it out. And the answer yeah. is three. Although one said he was going to do it, he didn't do it. <laughs> so it's the one that actually takes the action. Yeah. makes the difference. That's good. So yeah. let's just say um, as we're approaching a very busy week, Let's keep focused on our routines because routines are good. Do you like a uh, morning devotional or do you just go right to God's word? How does Scott Hubbard use that time in the morning? Right in the morning? Yeah. Yeah. I have a Bible plan. It okay. goes through the Bible in two years. And so I just open up to what the New Testament or Old Tes- Testament passage of the day is and yeah. I have my cup of coffee just like you and yeah. get yeah. into it. You're not necessarily concerned with outside voices um, commentators kind of thing on, on scripture. Or I find a lot right of help from commentators, but oh. usually in the morning, it's just me and my Bible. Uh, and then, you know, other times of day, I might peruse a commentary or something yeah. like that. What is your routine having you do when you leave here? I'm going back to work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, thank you very much for being here. Yeah, it's always nice to, to, to you, see Bill. you. Your smiling face always makes me happy. And mm. I think this is such an important topic. Uh, Scott, that we talk about routine. Let's not get in ruts. Let's make sure that we uh, re- keep disciplined and, and keep going to the Lord for our strength. Uh, yeah. Even when there's days, like you say, you're not feeling like it. Yes. Amen. All right. Merry Christmas, my friend. Merry Christmas to you. Yep. We're going to take a little break and be right back with the Monday afternoon mix featuring Pastor David Miles and YM. Be right back. Merry Christmas. It's Bill Arnold with Pastor David Miles and Wyatt M. And we're so excited to be here celebrating the joy of Christmas, the birth of our Savior. And what a spectacular day it is, David. Wyatt. It really is. And Wyatt, I, I love the music. That was a very kind of festive, kind of like... You know, you know, he did that it. with one click of a mouse? <laughs> that was, that's all it took. It's all it takes? Yeah. 
Very deserving, though. Merry Christmas, guys. Yeah. Merry we're, Christmas. We're, uh, we're so uh, happy to spend a little bit of time with you today on this special day. And we had a thought that there were many out there who we'd like to pray for. And you might be on that list, especially right now. If you're in a situation that is not ideal for you, we want you to know that you are um, being cared for and loved. And we want to spend a little time with you lifting you up in prayer. So we're we're happy to do that. And David and Wyatt, it'd be kind of nice to, maybe we can break these prayers up into some different chunks. I sure. was thinking about there's possibly someone right now listening who uh, has lost a loved one this year. And frankly, this day is heartbreaking because there's a place at the table, at the Christmas table, that's empty right now. Yeah, and that can be really challenging and tough to deal with, obviously, especially the first time. I don't think you ever fully get restored necessarily because it's never the same as it used to be, but the first year is always the most challenging. It's shocking, yeah. isn't it? It really is. And, and you know, people feel the weight of that, that empty chair. And, um, you know, I remember my mom saying... One of the things, she just missed my dad's presence in the house, you know, even him not speaking, just even being there. And so that's that's a heavy uh, reality for people. And, you know, guys, one of the things on how to incarnate Christ in this time is that sometimes people feel like, wow, this person lost someone. And, you know, do I even bring anything up because it's going to make them cry or mm. they might I might make them remember the person. Mm-hmm. One, they haven't forgot the person. True. Number two, tears are part of the healing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've had people look at me when I've asked them, like, you know, what was the name of your spouse? And then what color were their eyes? Oh, wow. Like their hair. You get specific. I do. And I've had people say, no one's asked me that. And you will hear a story and they'll be like, yeah, this is the thing I love about this person. Mm, Because those details are so vivid. They are. Yeah. Yeah. So let's pray. Uh, how about I start? And we'll, we'll, I'll pray, and then we'll move on to the next category, and then I'll, one of you guys can pray. How's that? Okay. Sure. Yeah. Heavenly Father, thank you that you are our refuge and our strength. You are always present, are always a present help in trouble, and you're the one who is with us in times of trouble and times of feeling lost and, and lonely, and you are our refuge and our shelter. And for the beloved who are facing uh, this Christmas day without their sweet, tender, loving person that they've known their whole life, or they are wondering what kind of day is it going to be and how can I move forward. I pray that you will give them the strength to en- endure this day, that you will be present, they're, they're present there, and their help. And Lord, thank you for giving shalom peace to those who need it today. And we thank you and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right. How about uh, this as a group, a category of of folks who maybe had a falling out with a family member and those once familiar traditions have changed. You're not welcome anymore. (laughs) Things aren't working out the way they once did. I'm not going there. Yeah, that's uh, that's very real. And I mean, I'm happy to pray for people experiencing that reality of loving, you know, and pursuing my own brother who didn't want a relationship with me. I remember that, and David. You he, weren't even allowed to go to the funeral, were yeah. you? Um, mm. His ex-wife had said that his one wish was that I not be at any of the services. And, That's heartbreaking. Um, you know, and just what Christ does and did in my heart even preparing me for that, that I was like, okay, I'm here to honor my brother. It it doesn't take away from 
you know, the pain of broken relationships. And in the same way, um, when someone passes, they're gone and, you know, they're physically gone. But in broken relationships, the person's still alive, but they're physically gone. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'd be happy to pray. Thank uh, you, brother. Brothers and sisters. Heavenly Father, I want to want to thank you so much for giving the gift of your son um, because of broken relationships that started in the fall uh, in Genesis 3 and have continued to work their way through. And even Jesus, um, who became man, experienced that with his own family of broken relationships and people not understanding. And so, Lord, I pray today that you would be uh, near to family members. Um, Father, I pray that you'd give them uh, a sense of your presence that in a fresh and different way that you as a God who says, I will never know, not ever leave you nor never know, not ever forsake you. Hebrews thirteen five, uh, that that richness of your faithfulness would speak. And uh, Lord, I pray uh, in just burying our hearts to you and the things that you want us to resolve uh, in a Matthew five way and the things that we need to uh, forgive, you know, in a Matthew 18 way that you would direct our hearts in this. Lord, thank you. As Roy Lesson says, whatever your trials, God sees. Whatever your struggles, God knows. Whatever you cry, God hears. Whatever your difficult, God cares. And whatever your need, God provides. And thank you for providing your son, Jesus. Amen. 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 Thank you for that, David Miles. And Merry Christmas. We're so happy that we can be telling you those words. And we're very sensitive to folks who are, I'm talking folks like you who are listening right now who might be in a situation that you wished you weren't in. I know there's some people listening right now that have a um, are unable to travel to be with loved ones, maybe for financial or mobility reasons. So there was not a community. There was not the trip. You couldn't take it. You couldn't afford it. It didn't work out. And there's that sense of of loss and that sense of separation and that never feels good no not at all and i can certainly take this one if you guys would like me to and i my heart goes out for all of our faith family friends who might be in this position right now and you know the message and hope that we want to give is that well one this maybe isn't a permanent thing that eventually you can get to a point where you can see them again and spend time with them but we also want to encourage you while you go through this here on on this day. So why don't I pray for those who are, are going through this? Heavenly Father, we just lift up our faith family friends who, for whatever reason, whether it's financially or they're just unable to leave their house, they can't go see family and loved ones on this very special and exciting day. For them, it doesn't look that way because of their current situation. And just want to give everybody listening hope and encouragement. And there there is going to be light at the other mm-hmm. end of this tunnel and uh, just that you would show them that they're not alone that you're with them and um, yeah just our, our heart goes out for them and, and what they're experiencing and we lift them up to you and, and we keep them in mind and hope that you can provide encouragement and happiness and that they can find that joy from you this holiday season in your name we pray amen thank amen. you Wyatt M thank you Wyatt beautiful yes. and Merry Christmas I think we all want to say that again, don't we? Yes, we do. Can't say it enough. Merry yeah. Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas. All right, let's let's talk about let's focus on those uh, who might have a family member in crisis, and that's making their holiday time not feel as joyous. Now we certainly know that there's um, people that struggle with 
predictions, and I think there's plenty that have come out of COVID, accelerated mm-hmm. addictions, and there's enough anxiety around Christmas time, and sometimes those addictions get worse, and it makes uh, being together uh, very difficult. So how about I pray for, for those family members that are in crisis? Lord, you're so worthy of praise. You are our refuge. You are trustworthy and righteous, and you protect us from evil, and you watch over everyone. So please deliver these loved ones from the fear of whatever crisis they're in. Deliver them out of their trouble, because we know you are the source of our peace, and we know that you are holy and that you care, and that when we are in the midst of problems or a loved one is in the midst of a crisis, uh, you are there. And we're going to trust you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Can I suggest another category? Yeah, we got uh, a few minutes here before we take a step aside. And, um, you know, we kind of mentioned it, David, if you want to go. I know you have something to say, but... uh, yeah, you know, Bill, my heart goes out to those maybe two. We mentioned it in the last category and then the one you just brought up, but I think of people who are maybe in the military. Oh, sure. Yeah. You know, and they're not with family this year because they're serving our country and just how difficult that might be. And, and that kind of fits into the two categories we just talked about, but just how hard that might be for a mother or father or oh, great point, a grandparent right. and just not knowing if they are safe or what's going on. Yeah. yeah. Boy, that's that's a great, a great category. Um, the other one I thought was those who are struggling with their understanding of the true, holy, and loving God. Now, I always think that life at this stage, uh, holidays, Christmas time, you know, we look at our lives a lot more critically. And we're supposed to be joyous about the Savior. And what has God done for me lately is how some people are thinking. And you're feeling divided. And you don't know if, if you really believe the way you once did. Yeah. And there's a lot of people who are, are kind of deconstructing their faith and saying, well, I don't really, I don't really, maybe they showed up at a, a, par, um, a holiday event this year and said, I don't really believe what you believe anymore. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I can, I can certainly pray over that if you'd like here and um, yeah, just lift that up to the Lord because that's really all, all we can do. Um, Father God, we just, again, come to you in prayer for all of our friends and faith family members that are listening here today and might be going through something similar to what we just talked about. If there's somebody who's maybe walked away from the Lord or they don't see things eye to eye and that's brought in strife and grief into relationships and events and gatherings and there's many that are probably worried about loved ones and family members that have walked away from the faith and maybe walked away from you and we just pray your hand over that situation for comfort, for healing in those relationships, restoration. And like I said, we, all we can do is just give that up to you because you're a mighty and powerful God and you, you can work in all of those circumstances and situations. So it's in your name that we pray this. Amen. Uh, Thank you so much for that, Wyatt. And God bless you and Merry Christmas. We're going to take a a little break, but we will be right back with uh, the Monday afternoon mix on Christmas day. Hello, Cheerful Givers. It is always amazing that you live so intentionally and give so sacrificially and are so generous in all that you do. 
whether it's financial gifts or it's your time and talents and resources God has given you, you are making an incredible difference for the kingdom. And kingdom advances through prayer and giving. And we don't want to have the year end without inviting you to uh, make that end-of-the-year tax-deductible gift to help support Faith Radio. Your gift right now will keep us spreading the good news in front of a lot of people. So thank you for giving by clicking the link in the show notes or giving at myfaithradio.com. Thank you so much. I like those bells. Nice job, Wyatt. Don't you Very like those, nice. David? I do dig yeah. those bells. Merry mm. Christmas, everyone. Do, 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 do. Do, do, do. <laughs> we never get tired of saying Merry Christmas. The joy is in our hearts. And we know that there's some folks listening today that go, well, I've got joy, but there's some stuff. There's some stuff in my life. And first of all, we want to be completely transparent. We are wishing you Merry Christmas, but we did not record this. We're not live right now. <laughs> Just so you know. We're not in the studio on Christmas Day. Um, we're with our families, of course. But we did want to. We wanted to reach out to those that I just felt like the Lord was leading me to say there are plenty that are listening. Maybe they're a little isolated today, and maybe there's some some hurt, some heartbreak, some disappointment, some loss. And if I could pray for another category, and David, I'm going to ask you to talk about this category. But there's those who have lost a child to to a death or to miscarriage. Uh, maybe abortion or suicide. Yeah, this one's, uh, you know, it's it's really close to home. Um, you know, for those that don't know, I share and speak actually more publicly now with, you know, my college students and things on my own failed suicide attempt. And so, and, uh, you know, Wyatt, you mentioned something earlier about veterans. And mm-hmm. one of the big, obje- one of the big strategic obje- objects of the Veterans Administration this year and next year is actually addressing suicide among veterans. And, um, you know, that be an issue. And as a pastor, I've sat with people who've miscarried. I've, I've sat with families who've lost their own children to suicide. Um, I've been in, you know, neonatal oncology units where parents, you know, laid their child who just passed away into my arms. And, you know, guys, uh, that stuff just stinks. Yeah. I mean, like, it it hurts in places that um, is just so, so very deep. And I'm thankful, you know, even as we go to prayer, that Second Corinthians says, Praise be to God, our Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles. Like, I'm grateful that we can come to a God who, you know, knows and understands and cares that that child you hope for isn't born or the child that was born is now gone or that child, whether they're, you know, a few years old all the way to grown adults that have had that. And so um, I want to just pray for individuals and you know, we want you to know just how much we care about you and how much we love you as our listening family and that our hearts go out to your hearts ache with you. Um, we don't fully understand that's your journey, but we do care. And so just want to lift them up to prayer right now. Thank you, David. Heavenly Father, I, I want to thank you um, that 
Merry Christmas doesn't separate the very hard things of life that have been said all these many millennium. And this this area, this category um, is overflowing um, with such a mixed multitude of emotions and thoughts. And God, would you not only be near to people, Lord, would you be near in their every breath and that every sigh and the all the questions um, God would you be the God of comfort would you be the God that comes along and give them space and Lord I pray uh, for us who love and walk with you may we also give space for people to say like this stinks and not try to pretty it up and even be able to say to someone, like, this sucks, like, this hurts, and I hurt with you, and not add a bunch of other flowery things to it. So thank you, God, that you're real, that you're, that you're raw, that you, that you got into the mix of humanity with us uh, and experienced the impact of sin and brokenness, um, and that took you to a cross. So we lift up to you these families, Lord. Um, and friends and coworkers uh, that are navigating today um, with those various types of loss, God, be so ever close to them in Jesus' name. Mm-hmm. Amen. Thank you, David Miles. Merry Christmas, and David and Wyatt and I just want to let you know how much we want to send you a, a joyful and and happy uh, Christmas, and we're anticipating that it's not happy for everyone, and there's certainly life circumstances that that bump up alongside holidays and activities and events that you once couldn't wait to do now have taken a back seat. And maybe you are just at home feeling a little bit, um, uh, what's the word I'm thinking of? Um, melancholy or maybe reflective because you're trying to, you're trying to put everything together because it seems that when you get a holiday, uh, you do think more critically about life. And so my next little category, gentlemen, Wyatt, David, is what I just sort of, I put down as insecurities. Mm. I think there's people with uh, financial insecurity, food insecurity, the the people that maybe didn't have a a Christmas, maybe not going to have a Christmas meal tonight Mm. because they don't have, they don't have the food for it. Mm. And they'd like to have a nice meal, but they may be going without. And people who have a stack of bills, they go, we don't know how these are going to get paid and there might be something getting shut off here any day yeah maybe the first of the year i don't know but the lord knows um and maybe there's some folks that feel slightly insecure and sad uh because um, maybe you've lost your beloved pet this year and there's an incredible silence in your house right now um as a result of that little one not being um next to you well and everything you just said bill you can try and shove it into the back of your mind, not think about it and like try to enjoy the season, but it's it's going to creep around because it's so close to your heart. I know. It doesn't matter what you do to try and ignore it or shove it to the side for even a day. It can be really, really tough because of how important it is and it really can loom over you and affect you. I agree. So let me let me pray. Well, Have, one other thing. Oh, yes, David. Because Miles. sometimes when I minimize what you just said, Bill, about, you know, someone's pet, but, you know, Psalm. 36 6 says you O lord preserve both people 
and animals. Mm. And Proverbs talks about the way that the righteous actually uh, cares for those, um, you know, that God has entrusted them with. And part of stewarding creation. And even when God spoke to Jonah, Mm -hmm. the very last chapter says there are 120,000 people and cattle. Right. I'm concerned of. So, like, it's not a silly thing. Like, God knows that, and he gave these beautiful things. And it's, it is real. It, it is hard. You know, we lost one of our cats once, and our youngest son still talks about that. Yeah. And so, like, there's, this there, is something to really to pray about. There's an absence in the house that is as loud as can be. You know, you can't believe the difference it makes. So there's there could be a, a lot of people that this is um, um, resonating with you. So... Uh, Heavenly Father, you are abundant in love and faithfulness. You are so great in your righteousness. Thank you for preserving us. Thank you for preserving animals. Thank you for the sustaining companionship of, of them. And thank you for your unfailing love. That's really worth more than everything. And if we're sitting here looking at a stack of bills and we don't know how they're going to get paid and there are certain gifts that never were purchased because they couldn't be afforded or there are meals that can't be eaten because there's a food insecurity. We want to offer that to you. We want to uh, be reminded that you are a God of abundance and you give us light that enables us to see and you are the fountain of our life and great is your righteousness. And we love you in Jesus name. Amen. And Bill, can Amen. we say this too? Um, God wants to abundantly provide and a number of times he wants to use us to be a part of that equation. Amen. And so, like, you know, a deep prayer that all of us would be sensitive to the Holy Spirit's leading mm-hmm. over these days. And that if the Lord is like, hey, I want you to do this, or I want you to send this anonymously to do so. I remember a very, when I was in seminary, getting a, a gift of money. And all it said was um, James one seventeen. You know, every gift, perfect gift comes from the Father lights of whom there's no shifting in shadow. Mm-hmm. And that person did that. Yeah. So. All right, we're kind of out of time. And if I formed a group here, a singing group, I'd call us the Monster Tones. <laughs> so maybe we sing out, we wish you a Merry Christmas. Ready? One, three, two. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. From all of us at Faith Radio, we love you and Merry, Merry Christmas. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.